Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome into the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. How are you? I'm Frank LaRosa, along with Scott Marsh. We are back uh, for another week to talk about golf. Scott, uh, you know, we played a lot of golf uh, this past week, but... Uh, but we have uh, such great guests and, and so much going on that I don't even know if we have time to talk about our uh, brilliant 14th place finish or whatever it was in Bobby Jackson's tournament. Bobby Jackson's tournament, the Gold Rush Classic. We played some great tournaments, but as you and I have always said, nobody wants to hear us talk about our golf. And as you said, we've got some great guests this week. Yeah, you know, uh, we have the winner of the uh, 2022 U.S. Senior Women's Open uh, Championship, uh, Jill McGill. Uh, her sister, Shelly McGill O'Keefe, is a PGA member here in Northern California, and um, I was going to get Shelly on to talk about um, about what it was like to be on the bag with her sister, uh, and um, she said, well, let me get Jill on as well. So we were, we were uh, fortunate to be able to talk to both of them, and, um, and I, I think that uh, people are going to be very interested to, to listen to the, the two sisters talking about... Uh, you know, their experience at, uh, at this uh, incredible tournament and, and their incredible finish as well. No doubt. It's like Phil and Tim Nicholson when they won the PGA Championship back at Kiowa. Exactly. And then, of course, uh, coming up uh, later this month or actually uh, the 15th of, of September is the Fortinet Championship at the Silverado Resort. Uh, PGA Tour stop, uh, uh, wine, food, uh, golf, uh, entertainment. It, it's got everything going on. And uh, Jim Overbeck, the vice president of marketing uh, for North America for Fortinet, will uh, will talk to us about what's in store, not only for this year, but maybe even down the line. Yeah, no doubt. And Fortinet is one of the premier cybersecurity companies in the world. And uh, the tournament's so lucky to have them as the title sponsor. Yeah, it's it's uh, really exciting when you talk to them. They they really are are doers. You know, they uh, if if they can see a way to improve uh, and, uh, the fan experience, boy, they're they're just going to go out and do it. So uh, that's uh, that's what's on tap uh, for this uh, edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour. And uh, let's uh, have a couple of messages, and we'll be right back and and talk to uh, Mr. Overbeck right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on SAC Town Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh and Jim Overbeck with us. Uh, Jim is the VP of Marketing for North America for the Fortinet Company. And uh, Fortinet, as you will remember, is the uh, company that came in six months before the uh, PGA Tournament in Napa last year and uh and actually saved the tournament from 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 not happening and uh you know with not very time very much time to put together a tournament jim uh you and your fortunate team did a remarkable job not only saving the tournament but putting a tournament on that that had to be quite a lot of pressure there yeah it was uh it was really exciting for the company because we've never done anything like this you know i i uh came up sort of with the idea in January of last year, uh, 2021. And next thing you know, 52 days later, we signed a six-year contract with the PGA <laughs> Tour. And uh, we celebrated for about five minutes, you know, at the end of March. And I said, oh, wait a minute, we've got to throw this tournament in September. And not only do we throw a you know, PGA tournament, which is exciting and it's a big deal, but we also have this huge security summit and symposium and expo. And we, 
we've been off a lot last year and uh but you know it's it six months of uh hard work and sleepless nights but we pulled it off and it, and it turned out great and we couldn't ask for a better location than napa oh my gosh silverado uh, napa you know the the players love to come there obviously they love to bring their wives there but uh uh, the North Course at Silverado is a, is a fair test for them as well. So it, it seems to have everything going for it. Yeah, it's it's a really great mix. You know, it's why it's a global destination. You know, it's, it has the food, it has the wineries, it has the it has the the, the moderate temperature. Um, the the views are gorgeous, and the golf course is fantastic. And the Silverado is a, is a great property, and it has been for a long time. And you know, it's funny. I was talking to Max Homa uh, probably about six months ago, and you know, it, it's a grind. They just finished the, the tour championship this past week. And he told me, you know, he really wasn't planning on the playing at the Fortnite championship this past year. Uh, but his wife said, Hey, Max, we're going to Napa, whether you like it or not. Right. And so lo and behold, you know, he goes to Napa, wins the tournament and he ends up being one of our, our brand ambassadors wearing our logo on his sleeve. So it worked out really nice for him, but it just goes to show the power of Napa over and above even the players wishes at times. Let, let's let's back up a little bit a year and, and fill in some of the blanks. So, uh, you know, you decide that uh, at Fortinet you're going to uh, you're going to you're going to sponsor this uh, PGA tournament. First of all, um, tell us about Fortinet and and why it was you thought you could pull this thing off. Yeah, you know, we're we're a global cybersecurity company, and you know, people probably don't realize we ship more firewalls and security devices than anybody in the world. So. We do a lot of the really hard things right, but things like getting our name out there and really making sure that people understand what we do, we haven't always been great at. You know, we we're, we're probably more of an we're definitely more of an engineering company than a marketing company. And I I moved into marketing here. I was in sales and engineering for the first 16 years. I moved into marketing at the beginning of 2020 and just knew we had to go bigger. We had to represent the brand in the way that we are, a Fortune 500 company. You know, we have 12,000 employees. We do five billion in, in revenue. We're cash flow positive. We've been we've been a really great success story on the on the Nasdaq since 2009 when we went public, and it's just a matter of making sure other people saw our brand in the same likeness and image that we see it. And so that's really what it was about: is is what's the right venue, what's the right avenue for that? And, and I really circled golf. Um, not that I'm necessarily a, an enormous golf fan. I love golf. Don't get me wrong, but you know I, I love baseball. I love football. I love everything else just as much. I just, when you looked at the at the, the the standard golf fan and you look at the at the buyer level for technology, it just there was a lot of synergy there, and so it really worked out. Where I, I kind of said, I think golf's the direction we want to go. And when I received a, a phone call about a, an opportunity in golf, actually it was about an opportunity in motorsports, and I said I'm not interested. I, I'm looking at golf. You know, I was really thinking about maybe our name on someone's sleeve. I wasn't thinking about it, our entire tournament, right? <laughs> and uh, but but since Napa is 80 miles north of Sunnyvale, California, which is where we're headquartered, and it was available as a tournament, it seemed like you know all the stars aligned. And uh, I, I know it's just great for us. Our, our employees are so excited. So many of our employees they volunteer, they come up and, and stay for the week or for the weekend, depending on what they you know what role they have, and they just really enjoy seeing their company in such a such a well represented way. Well, and and not only have you put your name on the uh, on the Fortinet Championship at Silverado, but you you've kind of jumped in with both feet to the golf world. You you've got some other things going as well. We've got a lot going on. Uh, yeah, and we had nothing. But like I said, January of last year, we really had really nothing around golf. Fast forward to today, I can tell you right now, um, we we have the Fortinet Championship, obviously. Uh, we just wrapped up our what we call the drive to the Fortinet Championship, where we have our technology 
showcase on wheels. We call it the Ford Express. It's an 18-wheeler semi. That just went to 18 different PGA tour stops around the U.S. We had over 3,000 people go through it, wow. um, traveled you know, all over. Yeah, we, so we, we hosted each one of those events. So people go through our, our, um, our, our Ford Express in the morning, then they go to the suite in the afternoon. And that was a very successful program. We have um, signed both uh, Max Homa and David Lipsky as PGA brand ambassadors. In Canada, what uh, was the McKenzie Tour is now the Fortinet Cup. In Australia, the PGA Championship in Australia is the Fortinet Championship. In uh, Europe, the former uh, European Tour, which is the DP World Tour, we're the official cybersecurity partner of the DP World Tour. Um, we are the official diversity, inclusion, and STEM education partner of the American Junior Golf Association. And uh, more to come. I, uh, matter of fact, I'm getting ready to announce something next week, which is pretty exciting around the female side of golf. We, matter of fact, this, this next week, we are the official cybersecurity partner of the Queen City Classic, which is an LPGA event that's being held here in Cincinnati. But uh, we're looking to bring on some more brand ambassadors. And you'll see a lot more around the LPGA side as well. You know, again, we go back to the fact that you only had a few months to put on a tournament. And, and, and ever since then, you've been pedal to the metal, uh, you know, getting more involved with golf. Have you ever had an opportunity to just kind of, you know, take a deep breath and go, this is really exciting. This was great that we got this tournament going and, 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 you know, what does that portend for this year? What, what, what have you got new for us? Yeah. So the, the opportunity to take a break, I think last year, the tournament ended on uh, September 19th. So September 20th, I took a little bit of time. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, this year it'll be September 19th, you know, the tournament ends on the 18th. And so it'll be the 19th. I'll take a little bit of time. And, and what's really exciting is last year we pulled off, you know, really quite the impossible, but and we knew it was going to be really good. But as I told my, my executives uh, going in, I said, it's not going to be perfect. It's just going to be really, really good. Uh, I don't think most people could see the duct tape uh, that was holding everything together because of urgency. So to have a full year to pull it off to the degree and really, the way that we think that it can be done even better. And so that's what I'm so excited about is they have that full year to, to really take our time and do it right. You know, we've been, what we want to really do is I felt like last year, you know, to a degree we inherited sort of some of what was already being built. I want to incorporate more of Napa onto, into the course. I don't think you should have to decide, do you want to go to Napa or do you want to go to the Fortnite championship? So uh, we, I was just on a phone call a second ago. We just uh, wrapped up with the Napa vine trail and, and they've helped us, and we have about 20 different wineries from Napa that are going to be on the course. We've created a whole fan zone, an experiential area down uh, by 18T, kind of to the right of the one green. That's going to be fantastic. Um, we're just trying to bring in more things, uh, food and, and beverage and entertainment from the Napa area and make it where people can come and enjoy both at the same time. Uh, along with also, we've gone bigger on the concerts. Uh, instead of having three nights of music, where it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, out in the front oval in front of the mansion. We've moved it down to number two south on the south course, which is where they, uh, there's the north course, which is the championship course. We're on the south course, and we're going to have so we can uh, accommodate a lot more people. And so on Thursday or on Friday night, we have um, Gavin DeGraw opening for Cole Swindell. And then on uh, Saturday night, we have ex ambassadors opening for One Republic. And so I think we'll see. We expect to see around 10,000 people each night down there uh, at the concerts. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great time. There's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, it's, it's perfectly flat. The, the stage is raised and we're going to have the food, the beverage, everything people would expect down there. So, yeah, we're, we're excited about some of the changes we made for this year. 
We're talking with Jim Overbeck. He's the vice president of marketing uh, for North America for the Fortinet Championship. You, you know, you speak about food and entertainment and all of the things that uh, that this that this championship and this tournament involves. And and most tournaments are are somewhat pretty much marketed on on the fact that they've got tour players coming. Well, you've got tour players, but you've got all of the Napa area, as you suggested, and this great entertainment. And and food, food, food. Um, it's a total different ambiance, I think, at the Fortinet Championship than than many other uh, tournaments uh, on the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I, that's the one thing is we not only for us we have the Fortinet Championship, which which everybody sees in the branding nationwide, but we also bring in our VIP customers and partners. Um, and we bring them in, you know, starting really Sunday night, the week prior and through the following Sunday. And so it's not a tough draw when you're saying, hey, you want to come and not only interface with our executives and and but it's there's people that not not everybody loves golf. But guess what? I tell them you don't have to see a golf ball. You have a great time in Napa, you know, between the you know the wine, the food, the, the music, the, the scenery, everything there is to do. Um, you know, we love golf, but they, even if people don't, there's just so much fun to do. And, and I think what we're seeing, too, is a lot of. A lot more spouses and stuff showing up at the at the tournaments where, especially if we have the different wineries and all the other, the music going on, you know, they have a great day, whether or not they're a big golf fan or not. So we're trying to appeal to everybody. Um, and so I think that's something that, that you'll see more of uh, as we go forward. And, and then you've, you know, you've got Thomas Keller and his restaurants that he's going to be serving you the, the ad hoc chicken, you've got burger dogs, my personal favorite. I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't go to Napa and not at least have, you know, I won't tell you how many, but a, a fair share of burger dogs. Uh, you know, it, 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 how do you go wrong? You know, it's, it, it's, it, and the best part is I've thrown a lot of events in my career uh, one way, shape or form. The fact that I never have to pull out a weather app and look at it is another beautiful thing because that's usually the the, the big variable and in Napa to a large degree, it's not much of an issue. You mentioned the burger dog and I know Scott Marsh's uh, eyes kind of perked up on that one that uh, I, I think maybe that's the only thing that I could argue with about media day for Fortinet that we only get one burger dog, Jim, but uh, you know, that if that, if that's the worst thing you do, <laughs> life is really, really good. That that's an, that's a remarkable um, a uh, handful of food that, uh, that is consumed pretty quickly. Scott, what's your reaction to the Fortinet championship? Well, I'm hungry. I want to drive down there and get a burger <laughs> dog right now. That's my first reaction. Uh, but you know, this tournament's already been voted the most fan friendly on the PGA tour. And with everything you're talking about, it's like, obviously you're going for a repeat of that award because there's so much stuff going on with, which makes it fun. And again, for people out there who want to get tickets, the event, uh, the tournament itself is the 15th through the 18th. There is a pro-am on the 14th you can get tickets for, too. It's fortinetchampionship.com. And we highly encourage you to go down to see this terrific PGA event in our backyard. Uh, Jim, I'm just curious, uh, what kind of golfer are you? What's your background in the game yourself? <laughs> I'd be described as a grip it and rip it type. Uh, <laughs> I, you know. I have twins that I just dropped off at college. So they both went away to college. They're 18. So I'm hoping that means I can get back into the game that I used to love and play. Uh, when, when they play five different high school sports, it doesn't leave much time to, to go out and find four or five hours of golf. But uh, I'm, I'm probably the person you want to have in your, in your foursome. Uh, off the tee, I could probably put you in decent shape sometimes. If it comes to chipping, you're on your own. But I, <laughs> I, I generally can putt pretty well. But I, I will tell you, Scott, 
I'm going to make sure I, I, uh, I double my budget next year for the uh, for the media day, and, and we have unlimited burger dogs. That's the, <laughs> the first I've heard of that. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm almost ashamed that we're limiting burger dogs. So that's that's one thing. Uh, we'll, we'll take uh, that, and I also want you as part of our, our, our shamble format for next God, year as well, because you can share the driver, and then you play your own ball in. So that would work out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, if they let you throw a ball – then I would, I, I'm a perfect partner because I, I played a lot of baseball. I, I've actually, I threw a hole in one last year off the back of the mansion onto 18 North uh, when we were all hanging out there. That was about an 89 yard shot. And I did throw one uh, across from 111 uh, on, on number 11. It was 111 yards. I, I put it on the green and then I tapped it in uh, for a birdie. Wow. So I can throw the ball well better than I can hit it. But, uh, but the one thing I do want to mention about the nap area that comes to me as, as a, you know, you don't want to forget about this. A great partnership we formulated this year is with First Street Napa. Um, yep. They've been fantastic to work with, and, they, and they've, they've got a great, you know, shopping and, and food and wine district down there. And they built a um, they've built a nine hole putt putt course by there's a local artisan who's incorporated a lot of the different elements of, of local Napa uh, region into his into the design. And on Wednesday through Saturday, they're going to be running. Um, on Wednesday, they're going to have some PGA players down there. They've got a full day. Uh, uh, set up going on on Wednesday. I'll be down there to do a check handout as well from, from last year from the charity perspective. Um, and it's just a really exciting thing that they're promoting our tournament and we're helping to try to promote the First Street Napa area as well. I think that creates a nice win-win and that's a lot of what we're wanting to do in the areas is embrace the area. And, and I've met a lot of great charitable partners when we uh, uh, were giving away some of the money from last year. And it's just, it's such a great area that people are, are so friendly and they're just so excited to have us there. Yeah, and that's that's something about the PGA in general that sometimes gets overlooked is just how much money it gives towards charity. And for us in, in this area, particularly with Cameron Champ being from uh, Northern California, that Monday Pro-Am all goes towards his foundation. That's something that's really special. And I, I got to think as much as the marketing component of it and, and making sure that people understand Fortinet in a mass market type situation, that the charity component has got to be equally as important for you. You know, that was probably the most rewarding thing. And I didn't see it coming, quite honestly, is when we the day before media day, I, you know, I was out there in Napa and we had, you know, I get to go around with the big checks and there were some, uh, you know, we had Queen of the Valley, we had the uh, wine women, we had Elena's Voice, which is a fantastic group as well. And they're affiliated with First Street Napa, um, Thomas Keller's Fund, we had um, uh, uh, Eat, Learn, Play, Steph Curry's Foundation. I'm probably leaving out one or two, but, you know, right here off the cuff. But to go around and, and to be able to hand out over a quarter million dollars worth of checks and see the impact it makes and and, and, and just, you know, I, when we had media day, Frank, we were up there and you asked me and I, I started going through sort of the list. I, I, I had a tear. I had to take a break for a second, you know, kind of mentally because it's so neat and it's such an honor on behalf of the 12,000 people of Fortinet to be able to present that on behalf of Fortinet. Um that's what I'm excited about. And the fact that it had, does have a charitable component to it and that, you know, last year was a quarter million in our first year. I'm hoping we can get this thing up with, you know, seven figures and beyond each year and, and reinvest that money back to the people that need it in the local area um, is, is what I'm excited about. I know Travis Air Force Base, you know, because they do a lot of the uh, security and stuff we need there as well. Um, and like I said, I'm probably leaving someone off the list and I, and I apologize, but it, it's great to be able to give back to the local community um, and, and they give us a lot as well. You know, Jim, I, th- I think that that's one of the, uh, the, the, the best moves that, that you all made. First of all, 
having you in particular involved. Um, you know, you you are an incredible champion for not only for your company, but for the tournament as well. But um, you are, you know, so so well spoken, so enthusiastic, uh, so excited about everything that's going on. But but you found a way to um, to endear yourself to the community as well. And and, you know, those are not always easy things to do. Because everybody in in many cases has different agendas, but uh, what Fortinet has done not only for the PGA Tour, but uh, but for the Napa area and Silverado, I, I, you you are to be applauded. I appreciate everything you've done. Well, uh, Frank, I appreciate that. I think you know it really starts top down within Fortinet. Our our co-founders and our CEO and CTO Ken and Michael Z, um, it, that's their culture. And, and that's how they treat their employees. And that's how it is. And it permeates every, every, you know, division within our company. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be able to represent that on behalf of Fortinet, but that's really a Fortinet character trait more than my own. Um, it's just something I, I'm just happy to be able to, to portray on behalf of the company and in our leadership. And obviously the long-term commitment to being invested in this tournament for six years says a lot about what you guys are doing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And everybody knows there's been a lot of change in golf. Um, we're, we've been very uh, close and, and communicative with the PGA Tour. Uh, they know what our wishes and our wants are, uh, and it has a lot to do with NAP. So uh, hopefully we can see bigger and better things uh, as we go forward. We're looking, uh, as, as I've told them from the very beginning, we the music's playing, and when the music stops, we're going to be in a better chair than we started or the same chair, but we won't be in a worse <laughs> chair. So um, they know that we mean business on that. And so uh, I'll leave it where it's at, but that's that's where we're at with the PGA Tour. And they've been a great partner as well, but phenomenal partner for Fortinet. That's why we continue to invest in golf is the PGA Tour has, has been nothing short of a spectacular partner for us and our business. Well, we're looking for a spectacular event again this year. The Fortinet Championship returns to Silverado Resort, uh, the North Course, uh, September 15th to 18th. This has been uh, Jim Overbeck, the Vice President of Marketing for North America. Jim, thanks so much and continued success. We wish you uh, great success. We'll be down to see you during the tournament and and maybe we'll share a burger dog. Unlimited burger dogs. Frank Scott, <laughs> thank you very much. I love it. The Golf to Go Radio Hour continues right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa with, uh, with Talk About Golf. And uh, when you talk about golf, you talk about recent happenings. And the uh, 2022 U.S. Senior Women's Open uh, just concluded this past weekend. And we have the champion, Jill McGill, uh, with us on the phone, along with uh, Shelly McGill-O'Keefe, Jill's sister, who was on the bag. And uh, Shelly is a Northern California PGA professional and is involved with uh, U.S. Kids Golf and a lot of junior programs. And we have so much to talk about. Uh, and uh, we'll get started right away just by congratulating both of you. Jill, Shelley, welcome to the show. And uh, what a weekend it was, huh? Yeah, it was amazing. This is Jill, by the way. And a lot of people say we sound exactly the same. So hopefully you can tell us apart. Uh Thanks. It's it's fun to be with you all, and it's fun to have uh, something to talk about. You know, I was uh, I was somewhat surprised when I was looking uh, online a little bit about you, and um, you know, the USGA um, tournaments are, are no stranger to you because this is your third win in USGA tournaments. But but this was your first professional win. Um, that that had to feel pretty good to get it in this particular tournament. 
Well, like I said, when uh, after the tournament, we were, we were holding up the trophy. I don't know what it is about USGA, but there's some there's something there that uh, gets my juices flowing, and it seems to be uh, pretty decent setups for myself. And um, you know, I wish I had more wins, but heck, I'll take it. It's a new chapter, and I'll roll with it now. That's for sure. You talk about holding up the trophy. Uh, when I was talking to Shelly earlier, you know, she says that really hasn't sunk in at this point. Uh, you know, you're you're right back to life. You know, you're going to the orthodontist with your children this afternoon. And, and uh, you know, you said you, you had to uh, make sure the refrigerator was stocked and life just kind of goes on. So how do you how do you go from being the, uh, you know, U.S. Senior Women's Open champion to, to getting back to being a mom in two days? <laughs> Well, I mean, I wish that I wish it didn't transpire this quickly, quite honestly. I mean, I'm telling my kids, don't you realize what I just won? Can you give me a break and not cry when you get out of bed? And can we not get in a fight about you going to school? And, um, you know, and I, I think it was very short lived. Uh, Bella, my 10 year old, was so excited all weekend. And as soon as her head hit the pillow last night and I had to go wake her up for school, I mean, it was like a different child. I don't know what happened, but uh, here we are back in the back in the uh, swing of things of, of everyday life. Let's talk a little bit about Sunday at the tournament. And um, it, uh, you know, when you when you kind of coming down the stretch, do, do you do you begin to look at the course differently? Do you do, does your game, you know, kind of. Um, tighten up a little bit what what happens on sunday as opposed to other days in a tournament well i i do know when i was on the first tee i um was you know we were there while while the other uh, people ahead of us had just teed off and getting my pin sheet my scorecard my tees and my bun that people have been teasing me about um and i was walking around and this volunteer said how you doing today and I looked at him and I said, well, to be honest with you, I'm pretty nervous. And, um, and that was the tr a true fact right there. And I told Shelly that I had multiple conversations with myself throughout the week that literally standing over the ball, of course, you're nervous. Why wouldn't you be nervous? What an opportunity. And that's okay. Just do the best you can. And um, Sunday, it was amplified. Uh, and uh, teeing off, I told Shelly after I made par on one, I said, well, it would have been nice to make birdie. <laughs> but I'm glad that I made a solid par and, you know, let's just try to hit some good shots and let's just try to start sinking into this day. Let's, you know, just start sinking in. And um, it took about five holes. And I told Shelly on, on six, which is a par five, I probably hit one of my best drives of the week. Well, I know I did. And I told her afterward, I said, as soon as I hit that drive, I knew it was game on. Like, let's go. I'm in the groove. Let's just keep doing what we're doing, hitting good shots, being able to relax. And, um, you know, a lot of people had said, wow, weren't you nervous? And I was nervous, but I was so relaxed at the same time. And it's hard to express what those feelings were. I honestly was looking at it where my job at that point in time was to be as relaxed as possible and do the best I could do in that particular moment. And the thing that I'm most proud about is that I felt like Shelly really helped me do that. We had had those discussions and using keywords about what could bring me back to that. 
and really allowing myself to do it and giving myself a lot of grace. If the execution wasn't quite there, it wasn't quite there, but I knew that before I hit every shot that I was prepared. Shelly, Shelly, what's it like uh, to be on the bag um, with your sister, uh, not only as her caddy, but as her, as her sister for all these years and, um, and to, to, to have her say to you, I'm a little bit nervous. And, you know, what, what, what's your job at that point? You know, how, how, how much do you get in there and how much do you kind of stay out of the way? So it's so funny you asked that question. Um, at 12.30 a.m. on Sunday, well, I guess it was Monday morning. So after the tournament, neither one of us could sleep. And Jill asked me, she said, what is it like to be the caddy? And I said, can you ask me that in 24 hours? I'm still processing, right? Like I, it still hasn't sunk in and it still hasn't sunk in. I think, you know, I really don't know because I know that the caddy player relationship is, is uh, usually, you know, a pretty strong one between the player and the caddy. But I would think that being a, a sibling or a family member sometimes might be even more emotional, you know, because I just know, I've known over the years how much the USGA championships have meant to Jill. And so when she was in the lead, you know, I was doing my best to kind of like hide it because I knew it was happening, Um, but I didn't want her to know. And I literally was tearing up on 16. And after she, I've just never seen her hit two eight irons and, and including the drive as well as she had. And I just knew it. I knew at that point, and I was just so elated for her. And I just can't express in words just, you know, how proud I was of not just how she hit the ball, but just her mental game and how she stuck to her plan. And she just said, going into it, I just want to have fun. I want to enjoy this experience. And she did, you know, and that's, we just kept trying to, you know, pull her back into that mode of, we're just going to have fun. We're just going to do the best we can over every shot and whatever it gives us, it gives us. And, and that's just, you know, all that we can do. And so I, I, I still don't know how to express the feelings that I'm feeling for her and just how excited. I'm getting emotional right now, how excited I am for her um, to have accomplished this win and, um, and just to do it with, with her. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with any other player. I mean, it, it would be great, but it just would not be, you know, on the same level. So it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. So I don't like to use the word unbelievable because I have always believed that she could do it. And so I don't think that that's the right term. Just amazing and just incredible. And I don't have any other words to express it. You know, thanks for that emotion. Thanks for, you know, for sharing that, that bit of humanity. I mean, that's, you know, we, we, we try as, as, as people sometimes, sometimes to, to hide that. And, um, you know, and it's real and, and we all recognize it and, and we all feel it. And, um, you know, and in the middle of, of playing, I'm sure Jill, you know, uh, probably, I don't, I, I'm guessing that, um, that you kind of weren't aware of all of that because you had your hands full with, with what you were doing, but, 
But as you hear uh, Shelley talk about it now, what's your reaction, Joe? Uh, well, I, I, you know, after we had already talked about it and we've talked several times since, um, I know that's how she feels. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I love about her. Um, I didn't know what was going on. And people, when since it's happened, they're like, really, you didn't know what was going on? And I said, no, I didn't. I made the conscious decision and I remember at the turn telling myself, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. And you can finally embrace the fact that all you can do is what you can do. You can't help what Laura Davies does or Annika or Helen or whomever is in the field at that point. All I can do is what I know I'm capable of doing. And if the chips fall in my favor, then let it be. And, um, and you know, I, I'm glad I didn't see Shelly tearing up on 16 because I might have lost it. <laughs> so um, I'm glad I'm glad I didn't see that whole thing transpire, and um, you know it's awesome. Shelly's awesome. You know, I was walking behind you on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, the, there's some great video of you after after um, finishing on 18, and Anna came up and hugged you, and certainly your family was right behind that as well. Uh, that that had to feel pretty good. Well, I got I to gotta hand it to Annika. Um, I really had no idea where I was. And I was disappointed in the three putt at 17 because um, I made a good first putt. And, and what I thought was a good first putt. And I actually felt like I stroked it pretty well on the second one. And I just it, it just snapped. And, um, and so on 18, I hit such a good drive and I hit what I thought was going to be a better shot than it turned out to and on 18. And I actually took a lower club because I told Shelly, I'm a little pumped up right now and I don't want to risk hitting over the green. That's the one spot you don't want to be. And I didn't know that I had that big of a lead. And, um, so I went to, I was going to go tap in and she said, no, 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 Jill, aren't you going to mark? And I was like, why? And she goes, cause you're winning. And I, and I, I said, what? And I had no idea because I hadn't looked at the leaderboard at that point, zero idea. And, um, she really was a class act and I can tell that looking back on it. I mean, I, I, I think without rooting against anybody else, they were rooting for me, Annika and Mike, and they really were happy to see me hit those good shots coming down the stretch. So, I mean, it was pretty heartfelt when she did it. And to have my family there run out on the, on the, uh, on the putting green and my husband was in tears. So, I mean, it's a pretty special moment. I'm glad that we got to all have that together. You know, we had Annika on the show um, a, a couple of weeks ago and, um, and uh, she's really kind of settled into this sort of elder statesperson um, role. I think, I think the, the, you know, the, the fire to compete is still there but uh, it's it's a kind of a little softer approach, you know. Scott, I, I just week after week we talk to people like Jill McGill here, the 2022 U.S. Senior Women's Open uh, champion, and and her sister Shelley uh, McGill O'Keefe, uh, Northern California PGA, and 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 sometimes I wonder, you know, with with the way our game is, uh, you know, how we even have to be in the same room. <laughs> you know, what, what what what's your reaction to all of this going on? Well, we're not deserving of it, that's for sure. So first of all, a major congratulations to you, Jill, and to you, Shelly. It is an honor to have both of you with us, and we really appreciate it. 
Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, the final round, nobody broke par that day. You were at even par with, with 73. Just in terms of the, the open setup, is it similar for, for people who are out there who, who watch the, the men's side? Is, is the course set up the hardest of any tournament in the year? Is it a matter of knowing how much is on the line? Is it a combination of everything in terms of just the scoring out there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's the Sunday of a U.S. Open. It's a, you know, for us, it's a major, it's a senior open, but I mean, it's the biggest tournament on the, on the schedule that we can play in a year. Combined with the pin placements on Sunday. So if anybody was there in person, and I always feel like TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, my friends who came over, they had a big sign for me in the yard when I came home and they were reliving it like, oh my God, when you made that putt on 11 and then you made the putt on 12 and then you made the putt on 13. Yeah. And I looked at them and I said, <clears throat> and I said, you have no idea how good that putt was on 13. TV did not do it justice. <laughs> and yeah. it's just because the, the, the pin placements that they put on there, um, I would say that that was the challenge. It wasn't necessarily tee to green. It was where you were in relation to the pin, whether on or off the green. And if you were in the wrong spot, you certainly had a challenge. And that's what made it, made it so difficult. Uh, Shannon Rillard of the USGA, I mean, she did a really good job. I thought she set it up very appropriately for the golf that we play. And it was a, and it was, it was a challenge as you know, you can tell nobody broke par on, um, on the last day. And I think that's because it was Sunday of an open combined with the setup. It was just plain tough. You know, yeah. um, Jill, uh, so much appreciate you being on the show. You know, originally I was, was just going to talk to Shelly a little bit about her career in Northern California and being on the bag. And she said, well, let me get my sister Jill on as well. Um, you know, and uh, to, to have you both is, has really been great. You know, uh, Shelly was, um, she got to the game of golf a whole lot later than you. She was a, an Olympic athlete um, and, um, you know, had an, had a, was it a, a leg, Shelley, that you had some issues with? You were a skier, correct? Um, I was. It was hip, back, shoulder. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, just being a mogul skier, I think uh, I actually got away pretty easy, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I guess where I was going with that was, you know, um, there, there probably wasn't the, the the kind of sibling competition growing up because you were both in different sports. But, but Jill, what's your reaction to uh, to your sister? You know, um, kind of discovering the game of golf and becoming a PGA professional in Northern California. Well, I mean, she's really she's re she's really taken it and flown. I mean, she is so well known in the area for what she does with golf, all of golf, in particular the junior juniors. Um, and she has done a tremendous job. And I have always said that Shelly is the best athlete in the family. And, um, you know, she, like, I, I, I couldn't be happier for her for what she's done. And she's really made it happen. She's always been a hard worker. And that's evident by the success that she's had. And um, I mean, Hey, now, now we get to share it. We get to share it. And we're at a time in our lives where we really get to embrace it and enjoy it 
So maybe it was meant to be because if we did have that, I don't know. I mean, we had some we had some pretty gnarly fights when we were growing <laughs> up. So um, you know, here we are. Here we are, besties. And uh, you know, what a great thing to experience. You know, uh, Shelley, as, as I very well said, Jill. By the way, as I mentioned, I wanted to talk to a, a whole lot more about uh, the junior golf program that you have in Northern California and the U.S. Kids Golf because that that goes on year round up here. And so, I, I think what we need to do is maybe just get you back next week, and we'll talk about that as well because um, you know, talking about uh, your relationship with your sister and and being on the bag with her at the at the Open championship that i mean i'm not sure what could top that in this conversation uh you know what i am sorry for jumping in here too but show well again i have words (laughs) sorry and and i and you guys should do that because she's amazing and what she does up there with junior golf i mean she has been recognized on many platforms and uh she works her tail off to make sure that uh those junior golfers are treated correctly and um you know let's face it dealing with the parents isn't always the easy thing so parents if you're listening to this go easy on her all right (laughs) i mean like some of the things that i hear are ridiculous it's like junior golf come on let them have fun so um i know you want to compete but step off the gas a little bit anyway um so, but man, I, I'm super happy for her. And I really appreciate you all having me on the show to talk about this. Um, it's such a, it's such a thrill, especially this point in life. And um, I'm going to let you all roll with it. Cause I got to pop in and pick up my daughter to take her to the ortho appointment right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, so, I'm really sorry about that. No, congratulations to the 2022 U.S. Senior Women's Open champion, Jill McGill, who is going to an ortho appointment now. So it, it, it yeah. all works out in the end, right? Hey, you guys are great. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jill. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, Shelly, you know, uh, as I mentioned, um, you and I were going to talk and and um, and you said, well, let me get my sister on as well. And, uh, you know, we spent most of the time talking about, um, about uh, her tournament and, and, um, and the help you were. And I think it's really important that we talk about junior golf, but um, probably not on this show as, uh, you know, as we only have an hour on the show. What's up with that, Scott? You know, you know, it's somebody. not long enough, but yeah. if I could ask one question, Shelly, and I just have to follow up the dynamic, you know, I, a big Phil Mickelson fan. So when him and Tim won the, you know, the PGA championship together, I can only imagine that was the same feeling you guys had as siblings, but just in terms of, you know, club selection, and you might have a disagreement with Jill in terms of what club she wants to hit. How, how do you resolve that in such crucial moments? You know, I think you got to go with what the player's gut is telling them, right? Cause that's what they're feeling. So you know, like when she was hitting off of the tee box on hole 14, which that pin placement was just ridiculous. Um, the group ahead of us had to take an unplayable live. And I think it was because they went too far to the right. I was concerned about her hitting driver because if she actually went to the right, if she lost it to the right, there was going to be a lot of trouble. And I, you know, I, I actually was 
is, you know, talking to her about maybe hitting something that was more of a layup club. But she's like, you know what? I'm just feeling super comfortable with my driver. I think I can take it over the tree. And I was like, all right, let's go with it. You know, so there were times where we, you know, were discussing what club to hit. And um, I think you just got to side with the golfer unless, you know, I feel really strongly. And we had talked about that, you know, the, the hole number 13 was just it played so tough, you know, all week for most players, you know, um, Jill, I think she didn't actually hit that green once. And there was, I think on the second day, I wanted her to hit one less club and, um, and she, she actually went with the one that she was feeling. And, but I was, she could tell that I felt strongly about it. So that's when, she actually gave me the green light to veto, right? She's like, if you feel that strongly, let me know, you know, um, it was just a weird green, you know, like it sloped left to right. And it went from front to back downhill. And so you had to, you literally had to land it short and let it roll up onto the green. And so, um, yeah, I think that, you know, and then on 17, on the last day, uh, she was hitting the ball so far. I mean, she just had so much adrenaline. It was hard to club her because we just didn't know exactly what was going to happen out of those lives and, you know, how far she was going to hit the ball and, um, you know, knowing where she stood, um, you know, I had bless their hearts. They were trying to tell me that we were in the lead when we got off of 14 and I kept going, no, 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 I don't want to know. You know, I don't want her to know. And, uh, some players like to know. And so the USGA rules official, he was so kind. He, you know, I was so glad he asked me um, because we had a specific game plan. And um, he said, you know, you're three in the lead. Do you want me to let Jill know where she stands? And I said, no, no, thank you. You know, I appreciate it, but let's just let her go with it. And so, you know, when we got to the 15th green, um, we were into the wind but we knew that we needed to land it short again and let it roll out. But she was again, hitting the ball so far that I think it was, I want to say it was 145 uphill into the wind and she pulled eight iron, you know? So, and it was perfect. You know, I mean, it was an absolutely, I've just never seen a a more beautiful shot into the green until 16. (laughs) And then she had the exact same shot. She had 151 to the front and she hit an eight iron, you know, on a par five. I mean, it was just incredible. And so that was the tough part was trying to figure out what to clever. And so I, you know, for me, I just felt like if she, I could tell when she felt pretty strongly about what felt good and what looked good to her, because her game is going to be different than my game. So I've got to go with what she sees, you know, what, what she's feeling in her gut. So that's what we did. Shelly McGill O'Keefe, PGA in Northern California, very, very big in uh, U.S. kids golf and, um, and junior golf. Uh, Shelly, I have to have you back to, uh, to talk about that because that was the intent of this uh, today. But uh, what a thrill to have uh, your sister, Jill McGill, the uh, U.S. Senior Women's Open champion this year uh, on the show as, as, as well as you. What a, what a great pair that you both are, uh, sisters, compatriots, uh, professionals together. Thank you so much and congratulations. And now champions. Team. 
Yep, absolutely. So crazy. So crazy. Well, thank you so much for having us. We've really enjoyed it. We will be back right after this with more on Golf to Go Radio Hour. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Well, that wraps another hour of the Golf to Go Radio Hour. Scott, I always learn something from our guests. And uh, what I what I think I've learned is that uh, golf in Northern California is in a good place. Yeah, we're very lucky to be here and to be able to experience all of it. Uh, don't forget, uh, look for us weekly here on uh, Sacktown Sports 1140. And we'll be back uh, next week with more Golf to Go.